Hey folks, welcome to the Bear Hunting Podcast. Thanks for tuning in today and uh, thanks for listening. So um, before we get to our podcast today with Jimmy Walner, uh, which was a very fun conversation I had with him, uh, I got a few housekeeping items to get to. Um, all right, so first off, um, if you guys are, we're getting close to uh, bear baiting season here for most of us, uh, if you're not already going, if you're a Wisconsin person or Ontario or something. But um, anyway, if you're looking for some good scent attractants, um, I highly recommend using Beta 907 Bear Attractants. And if you need to go over there and get some, um, go ahead and use the code BHP15, and that will save you 15% at checkout. So uh, go ahead, and if you want to get some the best bear attractants in my mind, head on over there. So, all right, um, let's see. Secondly, um, I want to share some news from our friends over at Western Bear Hunting Foundation. Um, so the Western Bear Foundation, uh, they're having a raffle. And on this raffle, let me pull up the thing here. Um, all right, so you can win a guided hunt to your choice. Whether it's spot and stalk, hound, or bait hunt, you can win whichever one of those you want. Um, second place winner gets a rogue ridge e-bike and the third place winner gets a marlin 4570 which is a fine bear caliber um so anyway uh tickets let's see if the price is on here uh one ticket's forty dollars three for a hundred on you have until september 30th tenter so it's a pretty good deal and it goes to a good cause uh which is bear conservation the western side of the country so highly recommend that so if uh you guys are interested um head over to westernbearfoundation.org and you can get uh some tickets okay um third thing i want to talk about speaking of bear conservation is um, interesting news for me here. I recently have accepted um, a position as the vice president of the Black Bear Bowhunter Society. And for longtime listeners, you might think that's kind of funny because I said I'm not really into bear hunting or bow hunting for bears. Uh, so, um, actually, so what the Black Bear Bowhunter Society is, um, it's actually a bait hunting group. And right now we're um, we're trying to get it rolling. It's in the state of Michigan right now, and our goal is to expand to anywhere where um, bear hunting over bait is legal or could be legal or should be legal. So that's our goal is to have a united voice for bait hunters across the country. So um, anyway, yeah, that's uh, something we're not really we're not really to the point of accepting members or anything yet so but um if you want to head over there's a group on facebook if you look it up black bear black bear bow hunter society and if you're a guy or gal that uh, is really into bait hunting or wants to support it um i guess the way you can help at this point is to head over to facebook and join the group or follow it um on facebook or instagram and uh, that way you can keep up with us there. And um, good, some really, really good things are coming along and uh, will be coming out of there. So um, stay tuned for more there. But I just want to let you guys know about that. And um, yeah, actually, and I'm going to read for you too the, um, uh, the mission statement of the Black Bear Bowhunter Society here too. So our mission statement is the Black, Black Bear Bowhunter Society is a Michigan group that promotes and practices conservation while educating hunters and non, the non-hunting public alike on all issues that pertains to the black bear. We support all legal and ethical methods of hunting over bait, which include compounds, longbows, recurve bows, crossbows, rifles, and shotguns. 
and muzzleloaders and handguns. Our, cons- our organization strongly believes that we will be an asset to bear hunting in Michigan with a conserva- conservative voice for sound bear management. So anyway, um, that's something that, you know, our big thing with that too is we're going to um, really try to be a strong voice for um, bait hunters' rights and try to fight for um, things that support us in the future. So highly recommend uh, keeping in touch with us by joining the Facebook group. So and the last thing before we get into today um, is if you could do me a favor and wherever you listen to this podcast, whether it be iTunes or Google Play or SoundCloud, if you could go and leave us a five-star review or a like and a follow, subscribe, that would be really, really appreciated. Um, that way we can get the word about out about the podcast and um, keep this thing going. So, all right, guys, thanks for tuning in. On to the show. Hey folks, welcome to the Bear Hunting Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Um, you know, I don't even know why I introduced this podcast because it's not like anybody accidentally listens to this. You accidentally listens to this going, oh, I wonder what I'm listening to, right? I think it's sort of a, like a rollover from radio where you might not know what you're listening to, right? Because you're just listening to a station, but here it's like, I don't know. You're, <laughs> it's no, I don't know, may, maybe somebody will write and go, I, I, I accidentally listened to you and I really liked it or something, but yeah, I don't think that's a thing. <laughs> so anyway, but this is the Bear Hunting Podcast. I'm Matt, the host, and today we got return guest and my good friend, Jimmy Walner. So how you doing, Jimmy? Not too bad. How about yourself? Oh, I'm doing good, man. Doing good. So been a busy summer bear baiting, but uh, yeah, so we're getting, getting close to season. So it's well, we're recording today is July twenty seventh. So you can start baiting two August and a half 16th. weeks. Yeah, so a couple weeks anyway. Getting close. Yep. <laughs> Excited. Getting close. Eh. It's uh, we had a long winter, mm-hmm. late spring. Yep. And it just seems like summer has flown by, and when that starts, it's yeah. You know, it's the end of summer. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, yeah, I, I mean, I'm I'm not as pumped up as <clears throat> years past. You know, I got um, I got Lyme's disease last year. Oh, yeah, I that's got, right. You told me that. I got bit by a tick, um, and it kicked in actually the first day of baiting, and they figure I got bit probably like a week or two prior. So when I was probably out scouting and. Uh, it uh, it makes me get tired really fast. Uh, today I was out doing some scouting. I was on my four wheeler and stuff, and from about ten to three thirty, and it it's been hot. But I, I I get tired really fast, and they told me that will probably never go away. You know, that's crazy, especially with the heat and everything. You know, but yeah, I mean once. Once it gets closer, you know, right now it's just a lot of prep work, got the bait here and getting signs organized and lures and sprays and just kind of getting set up, you know, once you get bait and that's the fun part, you know? Yeah. 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 See, I've been in bait mode for a while now because I've been baiting since what, probably middle of May somewhere, you know? So, I mean, I've been kind of geared. I I had a little bit of prep work to do in the middle of season though because I, you know, I ran through because I got bait that was just sort of whatever cheap bait that early in the summer because I knew it, it's spring, right? They're not real picky in the spring, but you know, I didn't get my trail mix or anything until I don't know, it's a couple of weeks. Actually, no, it was last weekend. 
Yeah, last week, because I actually came over towards your way by Duluth and picked up some bear bait. So, yeah, it was, uh, so, I mean, I had a little bit of prep work in the middle of summer here, but, yeah, see, I've been been in bait mode for a while, but, yeah. So, yeah, but it is a lot of, a lot of prep work, that's for sure. (laughs) It's, uh, it's pretty much, depending on how many clients you can have, I mean, some of it can really start kicking in in May, you know, getting bait lined up. Like I've said before, I've seen trail mix shortages before where big suppliers didn't have it and you had to do phone work and try to track it down. Yep. In fact, I I just got about 4,000 pounds of bait here delivered, 2,500-pound uh, tow to trail mix. Mm-hmm. And this year was kind of like the latest I had waited to uh, order it because the guy had a lot. Yep. And uh, I just got it last week. And just for kind of shits and giggles, I checked his website the other day mm-hmm. to just kind of see what he had else, you know, coming in. Because sometimes you get some different stuff. Yep. He was already out of trail mix, wow. all gone. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I'll tell you, because that was, that was the issue. That's why I was over in Duluth was because um, I had talked to a guy back in the spring where it picked up sort of my – because what I got was a – I got a tote of pop tarts, cinnamon pop tarts. It was about five barrels worth for 150 bucks. So I can't beat that for you know summer bait. It's not a, I don't know. I don't think it's a great bait to use. It doesn't hold them over very well. But um, you know, I figured, hey, that's a cheap deal. But this same guy had he he was gonna sell me. Uh, I guess he had a trail mix in the back in the past. And what did he tell me the price was? I don't know. It, it was in like the 250 to 300 dollar range, which for you know five six barrels of trail mix that's a steal that's a steal nowadays and anyway so i waited waited for him and then i don't know i never i I messaged him probably five times like hey are you gonna get trail mix you gonna get trail mix not yet not yet and so eventually there's another guy over my way here you know and i live in the western up um but he uh there, there was another guy selling it but he was so outrageously priced that um I found a guy in Duluth that was selling it for a pretty fair price, and it was just worth my time to go there. Um, but, yeah, other than that, trail mix is hard to come by this year. Because there was another place, well, too. There was another place, too. I was like, hey, you got trail mix? And normally it does. And nope, not this year. So I mean, you can find good, clean trail mix. Yeah. It's, it's worth paying primo bucks for it because yep. it's just, number one, it's the best bait. Yeah, you know, for sure. You can compete with most natural food. Yep. Not a hundred percent of the time, but you know right. it. It definitely helps. Yeah. I think I paid four hundred and fifty bucks for twenty five hundred pounds, yeah. and if memory serves me correct, that's a fifty dollar increase from last year. Yeah, I believe it. I believe it. Uh, bear bait prices have gone up like crazy. Good. It's crazy. Well, the interest in bear hunting is. Yeah. through the roof now you yeah, know there's exactly. so much information out there that wasn't there in the mm-hmm. early 2000s 90s you know and now it's just yeah. all this info out there so and everybody wants to fill in that early part of the season before they get into archery whitetail or go out west yep. hunting mule deer or elk whatever you know yep exactly exactly you know when i first started bear baiting um this is back uh 2011 was the very first year I bear hunted. Um, yeah, the information out there, there. I mean, there was nothing, right? There was no, it was like, 
I mean, there there was some stuff, but it wasn't very good information. But I would say the information for bear hunting since then has grown exponentially. I mean, there's not a whole lot that isn't talked about yet, you know. <laughs> so, um, I'm like even even like the idea, like, like trail mix as a good bait, right? That was like kind of a secret back in 2011. You know, it was I never heard about that until probably two or three years later, you know, um, trying to think of other stuff, even the simple, like common sense stuff, like, Hey, throw blogs over your bait. It took me digging on a forum to find that out. You know, (laughs) I mean, just the simple stuff is like, duh, like, yeah, put a log over your bait so the coons don't clean it out in a day. (laughs) You know, that was, that was not necessarily common knowledge back that even that long ago my first season i didn't even use logs at first because i didn't know it was a trick until i read it on the forum the next year you know and it just seems like like that's like like bear bear 101 is hey if you can't use barrels use logs to cover your bait <laughs> right well and now you go on craigslist or just a quick google search mm-hmm. there's bear bait suppliers all over the country now oh, yeah. i mean even i think it was in 2000 and 2008 i probably started using trail mix Mm -hmm. and there was very few suppliers yeah and the suppliers that were there there was like one or two guys that would ship because i'm in the middle of nowhere right and even if it would cost it cost about 60 bucks a pallet Mm -hmm. to ship to me yeah i can't even drive anywhere in my truck and and haul and haul a trailer and haul it back for that yeah so you know if i get two pallets of bait you know, for 120 bucks, that's, mm-hmm. I mean, I can't even drive there round trip for that. Plus you're hauling a trailer, you're in right. traffic. And yep. like I live on a <laughs> one lane highway, two lane highway, um, you know, North and South, yep. no passing lanes, no nothing. I mean, it's the headache. It's not even worth the headache. It's, right. it's just works out perfect, you know, but now, I mean, it just, the you go on Craigslist and it's like, there's bear bait suppliers all over the place, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah. It seems like everybody's got, I mean, even, even like the feed mill around here sells quote unquote bear bait, right? Everybody sells it, you know? I mean, yeah, there's, there's even a, there's a feed mill and just across from Duluth that has their own bear bait mix too, you know? Yep. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. This, the, the, the feed mill by me, they sell, um, what is it? It's, uh, they, they call it granola. It's not really granola. It's always either like ground up cookies or ground up cereal and they sell in the feed sacks, but it's usually a pretty good deal. So what I'll do is I'll mix that with oats and make my own like actual bear granola. But, um, yeah, it's, uh, but you know, it's a good price. So actually, actually, no, I grabbed this because I usually try to sample what they have because I'm always a little skeptical of this. It's like, why are you grinding it up, you know? <laughs> like, maybe it was moldy or something. But um, I put a little <laughs> tester out of it out in Wisconsin uh, last weekend. Bears seemed to like it a lot. So I guess it was good. Well, good. Yeah. But so I'll probably get some more of that because I got, you know, I'm running out of my, my early summer bait right now. And I just got, you know, my trail mix for later, closer to, to actual hunting season. So I've got a two or three weeks of bait yet to fill up. So um, I'm probably going to do my homemade bear granola for the listeners. I'm going to uh, post a video on YouTube of me making that. So 
to kind of, you guys kind of see what I do, but, um, interested in that too. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to try to make something up too this year. Um, I use a lot of popcorn for filler mm-hmm. bread, um, you know, cookies. Yep. And, uh, you know, the trail mix, I usually have at least a dozen different varieties of bait. Cause I like to switch it up, you know, yep. and, uh, yeah. But I mean, it's getting, even if you to find like, I just don't like to get Oreo cookies or chocolate chip cookies. Yeah. I'm looking for like peanut butter, maple nut, some <laughs> cookies like that, that, you know, have some protein value to them. Yep. Um, this, I got a load of, uh, their maple nut peanut butter. They yep. got nuts in them. Oh, man, I mean, my girl, my shop just smells unbelievably <laughs> good. You know, if they're just a lot better than, you know, the yep. straight cookies will work for filler, you know, but yeah. with these I can, and I like to start off right away the first week with, you know, like those cookies, popcorn, um, you know, some candy. I'll go sweet really right away because you know they're hitting the berries and yep. stuff like that so yep. like get that sugar sugar up in them you know and then i'll switch over more to the carbohydrate protein trail mix uh, peanuts yep. sunflower seeds stuff like that yep yep yeah what i like to do early on is i do like a bear granola but i mix a lot of candy in it um and then you know towards the end of season then i start mixing the in the trail mix for the protein and fats and Mm-hmm. You know, I, you know, I always laugh at people who, um, <laughs> you know, maybe somebody's going to insulted by this, but it's whatever, you know, I'll, I'll work with, I work in an office for my day job and I'll see people that are trying to lose weight or whatever. And they're sitting there and they're eating like trail mix or something. Like, yeah, this is really healthy. You know And I'm thinking? I always think to myself, whenever I see somebody eating it, I go, that's what bears use to get as fat as possible as they can before winter. <laughs> yeah <laughs> like it's the most calorie dense thing you could possibly eat like that is not whoever convinced people that trail mix is a health dude i mean <laughs> and there's a lot of salt in there too oh know? yeah exactly thing for you <laughs> exactly <laughs> oh, but yeah and i i totally agree with the you know just straight cookies i mean they work but they're not the best because like even this, these cinnamon pop tarts, right? They're basically a cookie, right? Um, mm-hmm. The bears, you know, they like them, but you can tell they're not just in love with it, right? That it's there's you can like when you put out trail mix, there there's a you can tell that the bears just love that. I mean, they lick up every little bit, right? The the pop tarts, I can tell from the cameras, they come in and they eat it, and they'll they'll eat it up by the time I, I come back, but. It, it's not the same, you know, and I've noticed I haven't had, um, you know, I'm not able to hold bear particular bears. I hold these little bears pretty well right now, but the big bears haven't held much, you know? Sure. But, well, if, you know, to anybody out there, if, if, if you're baiting bears and, and you got, say you have like, you know, corn is always, people use a lot of corn for yep. filler and, and yep. stuff like that. And if you, if you come up to your bait site and you, and you got two or three different kinds of stuff in there and you see, like, I'll use corn for an example, mm-hmm. they'll eat it in small quantities, but I've seen it where you come into a bait site and it's just thrown all over the place, yep. scattered all over and everything else is, 
is picked through. It's just, that's when, you know, and I've seen this with like a lot of chocolate candies too. Like, uh, I had some Hershey bars one year and some, uh, um, chocolate cherries. Mm-hmm. They, you know, they ate them good for about a couple of days and then they just started scattering them like that and, and they wouldn't touch them. Yeah. You know, yeah. they were just, they were just sick of it. You know, they're, they're, they're told they're like humans that way. They can only eat something so much before they get tired of it. There's yeah. only a couple of things I've never seen them get tired of. One is trail mix, um, sunflower seeds, even whole peanuts, mm-hmm. um, yeah. shelled peanuts. And, uh, those three things, they just, and you know, um, granola, if you can get like a strawberry or blueberry, um, mm-hmm. granola, they, they don't get sick of that either. It's kind of hard to find. It's, yeah. it's kind of like trail mix too. The price is outrageous when you can find it, you yeah. know, you're looking at same thing four <laughs> yeah. or 500 bucks to tote. And yeah. you know, that stuff's commonly, you see it a hundred dollars a barrel, you know, oh, it's yeah. crazy. And that's, that's the barrel goal, for right? me doesn't go too far. No, me neither. Me neither. I'm looking at, so, so I'm running three bait sites in, in Wisconsin this year, and I'm baiting at most four days a week, uh, at most 10 gallons, the legal limit. I mean, four four barrels is going to last me maybe two and a half weeks, maybe, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so, I mean, that's that's nothing. And so, I mean, no, you got to think, if you're spending $100 a barrel, you can go through so much money baiting nowadays i remember i mean it wasn't that long ago that that a barrel of cookies was 55 bucks no deposit (laughs) you know now it's now it's 100 bucks for even a barrel of cookies i think a barrel of cookies is like 75 80 bucks plus 15 dollar barrel deposit it's crazy it's it's crazy it's getting crazy i mean i that's why I try to find it in the totes if I yep. can, because the barrel deposit, I mean, if you're doing any Kills amount it. of baiting, it's just, and you can't return them. No, no. It's just going to kill you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Those barrel deposits, it's a lot of them have pretty difficult barrel return policies too. Like <laughs> well, only when we're open and you know, you're not going to return it till and it's got to be clean. And so you got to return this clean barrel before season ends and and then they won't retake it back the next year. It's just ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, I try in the totes if I can, you know. Um, or, you know, I, I, I wait too. Like if you watch Fleet Farm or Menards or if you have a feed mill around too, you know, I'll look for wait till like black oil sunflower seeds go on sale, yep. uh, stuff like that. You know, I, and I do, I get some corn. I use some whole corn for filler too. Yep, I mean, I, I wait for popcorn kernels to go on sale at Sam's club by a 50 pound bag, you know, for 10.99 or whatever. I mean, a 50 pound bag, you can pop your own popcorn in a Turkey deep fryer. Yep. A 50 pound bag. You can get a lot of popcorn for filler. It's, it's amazing. If you, if you're trying to save money, you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 You know how I, I've actually never used popcorn in the fall. How does it hold how does it work? I guess because it seems like it wouldn't hold them very well. I've been using, you know, I'm not using it uh, like straight. So, like, yeah. if I take a five gallon bucket and I fill it up, I'll put like a scoop of pie. I use like, uh, you know, if you were shoveling out to feed your horses or your chickens or whatever, like a yeah. a, a scooper that you'd scoop animal feed with. So I'll scoop like uh, maybe a scoop and a half of uh, popcorn in. I'll do another scoop of uh, black oil sunflower seeds, 
I'd probably do two scoops of uh, cookies, and then I might put a scoop of uh, candy, whether that's candy hearts, gummy bears, gummy worms, any sort of the candies. Mm -hmm. And then I might put a scoop of trail mix in, and then I might top it off with, you know, something else, licorice or or whatever, you know what I mean? So I'm using it like that. Um, But I have taken, like... um, I used to carry in burlap sacks back in the day, you know, when there wasn't a, you know, I've been popping popcorn in a turkey fryer probably for 10, 12 years. Yeah. And back when you couldn't get a lot of, you know, a lot of good bait, you know, outside of you get some trail mix, a licorice was real big, gummy worms, stuff like that. I used to carry in like a burlap sack or a feed mill sack of pop popcorn and I would dump it, dump it in there, you know? Mm-hmm. yeah and they love it here okay i mean i wouldn't want to just use that and i've spiked it up with like kool-aid yeah you, know, you yeah. could use uh, now there's all these scents you know that you can sprinkle on it but yep. if you wanted to be cheap you know just any sort of kool-aid flavoring or anything like that jello you could sprinkle on it yeah i definitely wouldn't want to just use that period Mm-hmm. But they love it here. I mean, I've got them on camera where they sit down and they're like, and I've seen it in the stand when, where they'll just lick that. If it's fresh, you know, they like to get them popcorn yep. pieces one by one. It's kind of comical. So, I mean, it's a it's a real good cheap filler, you know, and I mm-hmm. pop it. I don't pop mine in uh, regular fresh oil from the store. I collect a lot of fryer oil. So what yeah. I'll do is I'll, uh, I'll, I'll pop it with, with that fried used fryer oil, which gives it a little more, you know, smell and all mm-hmm. the, you know, you get the breading and all that stuff in there. I mean, I've been using popcorn for God a long time. I, I really like, I like it better than bread and stuff like that. It'll, yeah. it won't, it'll take water a little bit better than, than bread will, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm totally off of bread. I, I'm, I'm done running to, to, you know, um, bread outlet stores and trying to get feed bags and going there three times and they don't have it anymore or whatever. Yeah. I'm done with that. Cause it doesn't, I mean, it works okay, but it doesn't hold the bears very long at all. No, it doesn't. If, if, if somebody's got a bunch of bread and pastries, they want to give me, you know, like right now I got a whole freezer full, I'll use it, but there's no way I would ever go out of my way to no, no get bread and and pastries here. It's just another filler. I mean, I've even seen with like um, custard donuts and all that stuff. I've mm-hmm. seen them too, where they they get burnt out on that real yeah. quick, or if it turns to mush and it molds right away. Yes, yeah. You know, if you get any sort of rain in it, yeah, they won't they won't even touch it. Yeah, yep. I had that. So it was a couple, oh, probably three years ago now. There was a local supermarket that you. It was they had a list, right? And every day, one person got to pick up the, the old donuts, right? But you had to be there like every single time, or else you lost your spot, right? And so I was going to this place, uh, and I was on the list, and I was I had to work really hard to get on the list, <laughs> and um, I you know, and so I started collecting bait back in June. Well, I didn't have freezer space to be storing like I don't know, be probably a five or 10 gallons worth of donuts every time I picked it up. Right. And have freezer right. space for that. So it's sitting in my garage and that stuff got like black and moldy and stuff. And I guess, you know, the bears ate it, but it wasn't, 
it was gross. <laughs> you know, some of that I just threw away because, I mean, it was just pure mold at that point. It was like, ooh, I don't even want to be dealing with this. But um, I, I think guy is money ahead just buying commercial bear bait I totally from, a, from a bait supplier than – Totally dumpster agree. diving and begging and yeah. all i mean i mean yeah. i just the gas alone i, could, makes I couldn't even it. function like that you know? no no even even a guy doing it yourself trying to run one bear bait you know um you're you're gonna spend so much money in gas just running to all these places to get really little amounts of bait too i mean the, you know i would go once a week to the supermarket and it was on my way to work so it worked for me but you know, I would go to the bread store, um, trying to get these feeds, they call them feed sacks, right? Of the old bread they had to throw away. And I mean, it was probably 10 gallons worth of bread, but you'd go there three times and it was a 10 minute drive and they might not have it every single time. So, right. you know, your, your gas isn't even really worth it at that point. You might as well just time and money. And that, that, that feed sack gets you nowhere in terms of bear baiting. I mean, if you're running bait every day, five gallons or something, you just got yourself two days, <laughs> you know, right. of one feed. It just isn't worth it. So unless they're, unless you're at a place where they actually, you know, sell, they always have bread and you can go there reliably and get it and get large quantities of it. Maybe that'll work, but I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And then you're not the, like you, like you said, you're not the only guy that's, no doing that too no, you know what i mean no. it, it's not even it ain't even worth the hassle i mean no. sometimes you got to go through it to figure out hey this this ain't even this ain't even yep. worth my time you know yep. your time is worth more than money yeah, you know exactly yeah that was two years ago that's I gave the up way i it. look at it when i went through three times in a row and every single time they didn't have they didn't have bread anymore i said i'm done this just is not worth it for me anymore but yeah yep yeah, you know, it's funny. Yeah, it's almost like the glory days of back in the day when, uh, you know, you everybody was trying to pop popcorn or make bear granola or mix oats and molasses. And, you know, that's what they had to use for bear bait. And it was like the rare occasion, like, oh, I went down to Green Bay and I picked up some bear bait. And yeah, I got, you know, so just a little, it was tiny, a little tiny quantity of it, but it was like a big deal. And now it's like, it's so readily available. It's crazy. <laughs> You know, and when you look at the harvest statistics, I don't know about Wisconsin, but Minnesota, I mean, back in them days, I mean, I think it was, it was in the low twenties and under mm-hmm. for success rates. Now with, with the info and the good bait that's out there, I think in, I think my zone that I guide in last year had the highest percentage of success. Yeah, I want to say I could be wrong, I, but I looked the other day. I think 2018 it was about 38. percent That's really that's good. pretty dang good. Yeah, I mean I remember awesome. back in the day when it was like 12, 15 percent up here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, you know, and that could be you know that could be also to your tags now. Your tags have been cut for a long time, so there's probably a lot of bears in Minnesota now. Oh yeah. We're down to five. Well, it's been about 500 tags here in this zone, which we have the second most 51, I think is the leader. I think they got just under a thousand, like 900 or 950. Wow. I mean, we used to have 2,500, 2000 tags available for this zone. You could get a license. I mean, there was years I had guys getting licenses every year to every other year. (laughs) And then they dropped it to, I think to like, 
1500 and then it went down to a thousand and then it was 550 550 and then the progression to where we're at i think we've been at 500 for at least three or four years now Mm -hmm. i mean it's nice because there's not a lot of competition out in the woods but if you're not an established if you were trying to get into the bear guiding business good good luck yeah yeah (laughs) they're they're yeah that's that's tough that's tough for sure the uh Yikes. Yeah, because I mean, I'm trying to think. I've got. So I drew a tag for Minnesota in 2017. I've applied 2018, 2019. So I'm preference level two now, I think. So I think next year will be my first opportunity at a tag again. I think think I've got a shot at it next year. My zones, about uh, some, I think it's like. I think if, if you have your fourth point, you're guaranteed to draw. Yeah. And, you know, I usually have a couple guys every year that go in with three and they, they draw with three. So, yeah. yeah. And, I, and I think everybody that I'm taking this year pretty much had four points. I got a tag this year. My brother got a tag this nice. year. Nice. Um, and we drew with, we had four, we drew with four points. Cool. So, That's, so what's your plan? Then you're going to hunt after, see, after every, all your clients are done? Yeah, I mean, and that's been the way it's been for like, I think this is the twelfth year that I've owned my business, and it's mm-hmm. it's yeah, that's I, <laughs> I think the uh, the earliest I've got to hunt is like the third week of the season, okay. you know. So, yeah. gotcha. um, that's not a and, bad time though. It still is. It still is pretty good. You know, up then. here it's you know the third week is kind of that's right when the small game opener and the mm-hmm. archery season opens that weekend here we don't have a lot of archery deer hunters but the grouse hunting here is yeah, is huge. popular with the tourists and stuff so it can make it it can make it tough i mean i've shot bears that late i've had clients shoot bears that late yeah um but it's tough i mean usually here after about that third week normally what i'll do is and and i've shot baits or bears off of baits that uh you know, I've had clients sit on before that I've shot bears because the last thing I'm like really want to do is go out and start new baits. You know what I mean? Yeah, for myself, course, course. you know, it's like, I just want to go like hunt. Um, but I have done that. I have, I, I have, I shouldn't, I should say that I found it more successful back when I had more ambition <laughs> to actually go start a new bait site rather than hunting one that we've already hunted or even one that we use and nobody hunted. Yeah. Because yeah. normally the bears have moved on. They've, they've figured out that, okay, this, this bait site's dangerous. We're out or they're nocturnal yeah. or they're just coming in randomly hit and miss you know what i mean yeah yep. so i have found it like when i like i say when i was had when i was younger and i had more ambition that if i started a new bait site stunk it up really good mm-hmm. i i had better success but you know this year we'll probably my brother he'll just run his own couple baits do his own thing wherever and you know i'll see how i feel at the i'm taking less clients this year so I'll probably just, you know, whatever baits don't get hunted or, you know, I'll, I'll just sit them. Mm -hmm. Right. But I'm actually, I'm looking forward to it this year. It's probably been, I bet you I haven't shot a bear in 
seven or eight years. And I used to, every time I'd get a tag, I used to get a surplus every year or two. And I'd be, I'd be out there trying to get one, you know, and usually I got one. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, you run baits from, you know, (laughs) the middle of August for two, two and a half weeks. We, you know, and I used to take clients, I, I'd sometimes I'd be busy right till the end of September. It's like the last thing I want to do is bear hunt. <laughs> yeah, you know? exactly. Exactly. <laughs> no, I hear you. I hear you. I get, yeah. Cause I'm usually, you know, for my typical season, I'm running baits cause I got the third hunt in Michigan. So it's September 25th every year. So it, you know, I'm running baits from August 10th until the 25th. And I, 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 I mean, by the end of it, you're just like, okay, I, it just wore out, you know. I mean, it's fun, oh, okay. but it, it, it's goofy because, like, you love doing it, but you're, it's so just monotonous and, you know, walk into that bait every single day or, or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, yeah, I get it. Oh, and for us, too, once, once September 1st rolls, when I'm guiding, it's, like, normally it, it's a two-week sprint. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's just wide open, you know what I mean? Yeah. And that and then that stuff eventually all has to come out of the woods, right? All the signs, the trail cameras and the stands, you know what I mean? Yeah. What I've been doing the last few years is if somebody shoots a bear the next day, I'm out there, boom, that stand, that sign, everything's coming down and out of the woods. That way I can, I'm not in this hurry, you know, to get everything out of there. It just, because we normally, if somebody shoots one, we call her good. We just don't hunt it anymore unless it's going to be a slam dunk. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. But you get a most of the times are there all the time or something. Yeah. yeah. We just yank them down. And I mean, I, as a guide, I can't, I don't like to, I like to give everybody a fresh bait. You yeah. know what I mean? Yep. Well, yeah. If I was a client, I'd be like, Oh, somebody already shot a bear off this. Like, really? <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. I mean, if you shot one early enough during the day and you got it out of there with minimal disturbance, mm-hmm. you know, it's we've got them like that. I mean, I even we even got one one time. I had a I had somebody miss a bear at like noon. Yeah. And I said when we looked around, we thought it was wounded and we looked and and uh I said, well, we're going to have to move you. And I had pretty much everybody out already because we normally start heading out about 10 o'clock. Mm-hmm. And I said, I don't want to stick you back in here. And it was the second or the third day. And I said, I've got a bunch of bears on this bait just down the road, like a mile. I said, I'm just going to stick you in there. So, you know, by the time we had looked and scoured and everything, it was, it was almost too late to run someplace else. I didn't have any bait with me or anything. Mm-hmm. And opening night, a guy had shot a bear off this bait early, and we had, we had got it out of there by like 4 o'clock. Oh, wow, okay. So I said, let's just go. I said, I got an idea. Let's just see if this, this is going to work, you know. Mm-hmm. So we go into this bait. And I, I said, just get up in the stand and I'm just going to go through the motions. And I had a bunch of rocks in there and like huge logs. Mm-hmm. And I just slammed everything down as loud as I could. And I had spray with me. So I mm-hmm. sprayed and I got out of there. 45 minutes, smoked one in there. Amen. <laughs> looking for food. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> trick in there that's cool that's cool that's a good i'm gonna keep that trick in my back back in my pocket if that ever happens that's a good idea 
Yeah, because, I mean, oh, every day they hear you slamming you know, the, the stuff down. They just figure, well, the bait's oh, there. Yeah. <laughs> and I use a lot of hollow logs. Yeah. And uh, big hollowed out ones so I can get a good amount of bait in there. And I always put a cookie on top or a rock. Yeah. Or, you know, like this spot I had had forever. It's one where we shoot one every year and the logs are huge. So, yeah, I just, when you slam them down, it's got that kind of, not a deep thud, but that clangy sound to it when you drop them down and it just ripples through this spruce swamp and they, mm-hmm. they hear that, Yeah, you know, yeah. Oh, that yeah. just goes to show how close they are the whole time, you know? Yep. Yep. For sure. Yeah. You know, it, it's crazy how far that stuff echoes. Cause I was, uh, this was, I don't know how many years ago it was, but I was sitting at my, at one of my stands and, um, some guy had set up probably 300 yards to, away from me. And so I'm sitting in the stand. I got there. Uh, let's say I got there at three o'clock. He he pulls in at three thirty, right? And you hear him drive. You can hear him from like a mile away, driving through the woods. And then you hear him drive past, and you keep going. Then you hear him stop, and then you hear him open his door, and then shut his door, and walk out. And then you hear him pour. You, well, I didn't hear him pour the bait out, but I heard him clang in the bait bucket. You know, mm-hmm. knocking the bait out, and you know he actually did the whole ding, 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 you know, like <laughs> ringing the dinner bell or whatever. And that stuff, I mean, it was like loud because it's so quiet on the woods. And so, mm-hmm. I mean, bears for bears don't have to be anywhere near it to hear that. So, I mean, if you're slamming logs down, that's, they hear it, <laughs> you know, but. And two, there's like that, there's that time of night, like, there's that hour there where everything just the wind dies down and everything gets quiet eerily, yep, yep. just eerily quiet. And you, I mean, you could hear a mouse fart. <laughs> yep. it's, it's just crazy how everything <laughs> just settles down right about 45 minutes before dark. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you can hear anything out there. Yeah. I think the big thing with that is the birds go to bed and the wind dies. That's the two big things that really make it quiet. Yep. The chipmunks <laughs> and the squirrels and everything are pretty, they're underground or in the tree cavities or whatever, yep. you know, and that's yep. kind of <laughs> like that witching hour that everything kind of starts moving around. Yep, exactly. It's the best time to Predator. be in stand. <laughs> well, that's cool. Cool. <laughs> oh, fun. Yeah. Um, let me think here. So what? Are, so you've been out scouting. How many? Uh, how's it looking out there for you? I guess. Well, it's changed in the last week and a half, two weeks. It was really dry here up until about two weeks ago. It's been really hot and humid. Now for the last couple of weeks, so we've been getting like every day we've been getting thunderstorms, and we had a couple nice overnight soakers and stuff. And there was like no sign of any natural foods anywhere. It was like high fire danger. Yeah. All that. Yep. Now with this rain, I'm, if I had to say how it looks, I'm going to say it's probably going to be like last year. Mm -hmm. Um, the only thing different I really see is there's a lot of mountain ash berries. Okay in areas pretty heavy like we had a few years ago where the trees are full of them and it's 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 in it's spotty in areas you know it's not like 
everywhere, but there's a lot of wild strawberries right now. It looks like there's some pin cherries popping up. Um, people are saying they're finding some blueberries. I haven't seen any blueberries yet. And the ones that I have seen are still flowering. The raspberries, I would say in the next couple weeks will be ripe or full bloom or whatever you would want to say. Mm-hmm. Um, there's quite a bit of mushrooms popping right now with the rain and it's humid and damp in these dark areas. Um, a lot of clover. So I would, you know, if I had, I'm not seeing any hazelnut sign yet here. That for us is usually not till end of August. Okay. So that usually about that last week of baiting is when you'll really start, if there's any going to be any hazelnuts around, that's when they'll really start popping. I'm not in a real great hazelnut area, you could say, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, but where they are, if there is a good patch around every bear in that area, is going to be over there. But the good thing is they normally between them and the squirrels, you know, they wipe a patch out pretty quick, you know? Right, right, exactly. Um, <clears throat> yeah, they're not, yeah, hazelnuts are not as populous as, like, you know, a big oak tree can carry a ton of acorns, right? Right. A hazelnut bush has, I don't know, a bumper crop's like 20, <laughs> you know? <laughs> right, yeah. So, and we don't have any acorns here, so right, I'm, I'm right. glad I don't have to deal with that because. Yeah. So, I mean, your your base here can slow down. I mean, last year was pretty it was pretty steady. I mean, even with a lot of natural foods here, if you use the right stuff, you're always still going to have bears coming in. There was, I don't know if it was three years ago or four, we had just an unbelievable mountain ash berry crop, but there really wasn't a lot of every, anything else. You know, I would say it was kind of normal to less than normal, but these, I mean, when we were going out hunting, we would find bears like they were on the side of logging roads just and going crazy because they could just one one uh, mountain ash tree. They could get all they wanted to eat, you know. Right. And there was just bear shit everywhere, you know. Yep. Yep. And they still came into the baits and they they would eat, but they wouldn't eat a lot. But they were they would always come in and, you know, have a sniff or move the logs and eat eat something that they wanted to eat. You know what I mean? So we did, we still did really well that year. Um, Yeah. But last year there was a lot of food and they still, they still hit the baits really good. Mm -hmm. But when the hunter got in the tree stand, they were, you know what I mean? Since they didn't need the food, they knew something was up. So it was a little slow for us that way. Plus, it opened on a horrible weekend, mm-hmm. you know, Saturday of Labor Day weekend. <laughs> yeah. Right. The woods was just a zoo. It was madness. <laughs> you know, we yeah. shot a couple bears. We had some misses, some wounding. But when everybody went home Monday night or Tuesday night, then we started shooting them. And I told the guys, you know, you're just going to have to wait it out because it didn't matter how remote we went or what we did. We, you know, I live in a tourist town. So like these mountain bikers are everywhere. Yep. People camp in the craziest places. Like we went to this bait, 
where I drive in and the guy's like, you really drive in here? And I'm like, yeah, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, we get in there and there's an Astro, one of those old, uh, like Astro glide camping, uh, campers back in there. And I'm like, are you kidding me? How did this guy even get in here? Because all the hotels and uh, campgrounds and everything's full. So people are just camping everywhere, you know, and it was just, you couldn't, you couldn't get away from people, you know, they'd get on their bikes or, yeah, dirt like off-road motorcycling, not like dirt biking, but like these enduros. Mm-hmm. You can ride them on the street or the highway, and then take them off-road. Are getting real popular. Yeah. So you know, if we've been in Baton for two weeks on a remote logging road, or if we're going in somewhere by ATV, like we have a lot of dog sled trails up here. Yeah. Um, where they run their dogs in the winter. Mm-hmm. Oh, you you just they see that's not been mashed down for two weeks. <laughs> it, and they're all over it you just we couldn't get away from them. it was impossible right right yeah that's you know that's something about minnesota i i don't see that as much in the up or even wisconsin is it, minnesota just has a lot of other tourism and people just find you i found that with when i hunted minnesota a couple of years ago was that yeah just people everywhere everywhere and i and i made the mistake of hunting close to like right by the boundary waters too so it was like extra worse like you had all these people that were sort of adventurous wanting to go into the wilderness and they were i mean they were everywhere <laughs> you couldn't get away from them i yeah it, it seems especially like that in minnesota is what i found i don't know why that is either but it is There's a lot of recreating here yeah. a, you know you get Minnesota, you have a lot of cabins whether they're on lakes or just even back in the woods, like where I live, you know, backwoods cabins are a big deal. Yeah. Probably even more so than ones on lakes, you right, know, the right. the whole like wilderness experience thing is, yep. is really big here. You know, if you went, it's, it's like a total 180 from like the Mille Lacs area to where I'm at. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. As far as how, you know, hiking is huge here. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and people are nosy, man. You yep. know what I mean? So oh, they, yeah. Yeah, no look, kidding. Somebody's been, something's been walking down here, you know, and if you're baiting every other day or every day, <laughs> you know, yep. somebody who doesn't know bear baiting sees that and knows something's up, you know what I mean? Yep. And they just can't resist themselves. I mean, it's crazy where I've gotten pictures of people on camera, like, I can't, walking in on a bait site, like, how did they find this? Are they following me or I just, I'm just dumbfounded how they found this, a certain bait site, you know? Yep. Cause I don't normally, um, like if we bait by truck, uh-huh. we drive as close as we can. And then, yeah, we, we might have a hundred yard walk in down to get to the cedar swamp that we want to hunt. Right. You know? Right. And it's like, okay, so you drove in on the logging road, but and you saw where we were parking, but I don't advertise where we're walking in. You know, I yeah, might like yep. dip in between some balsam trees. Yep. So you don't see the path as easy. You know what I mean? And it's like, I remember I had one bait. It was an old grown up gravel pit. And all of a sudden I checked the cameras and there's a lady on there and a guy and they got a dog with them. <laughs> And I was so perplexed. I was like worried that they were following because I parked off a main forest service road and walked in Mm -hmm. like a goat path. 
And then once you got into the old gravel pit, I don't even know how they saw where I was going. Yep. And they like went right into this thing and boom, they're on camera. Yeah. Crazy. Killed the bait for like four days. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, I I don't know how much I can say about this right now, but I, you know, I've, I've sent you some pictures, but let's put it this way. I've got a bait. I call the hippie bait this year. (laughs) It's my new bait. And, uh, yeah, I literally hiked nine tenths of a mile into this swamp, and I am just blown away at how these people found me. I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. But they found me, and when I can tell the story to the listeners, I'm definitely going to because it's just I don't get it. But you know what I'm talking about because I, I texted you the photos. Yeah. <laughs> And I've heard rumors that we have that here. I haven't seen it yet. Yeah. And God, I just hope that I never have to deal with that because I don't know how I would handle it. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. You know, for, for for one thing, because to me, I I think that I should be held in a – this is going to sound selfish, but yeah. – to me, I should be held at a little better of a standard than a regular, uh, say, just like a, a regular bear hunter going out in the national forest woods. Yeah. For yeah. one, because I'm paying a boatload of money to be able to guide. Yeah. Yeah. Much, you know, I got my state license, then I got my fed license, yep. then I got my insurance policy, which I also have to insure the United States government on top of that. And then they take 3% right off my gross sales. So, I mean, if I was had to deal with that in a guiding situation, Mm -hmm. if I don't, I don't even know how I would handle it. I mean, (laughs) I would, of course you'd be, I'd be hounding law enforcement and if they wouldn't handle it, I don't know. I don't even know how that's allowed to go on. Yeah. It's crazy. (laughs) It's crazy. It's just, a maddening and i mean i feel horrible for you and anybody in wisconsin that has to deal with that crap that's just it's it's total harassment yeah it is it is so it i think i think the situation's been dealt with but um the good news though about that bait the hippie bait is that it uh it looks really good. I had I had a bunch of bears on the bait. Um, I had, yeah, I had two bears at once in there. I mean, they were siblings or young siblings, but yeah, it, it's a great spot. And actually, it's back up again. So I baited. I went and baited it Friday, and it had been totally cleaned out. And then so I rebaited it, and we'll find out. I'm going to go bait tomorrow morning, and uh, hopefully, yeah, should should be pretty good. It's a, it's an awesome spot. I'm really excited about it. So. But, well, that's good that <laughs> yeah. uh, you got bears back in there. I mean, it, and luckily it's, it's like early enough. I mean, Jesus, could you imagine that if it was like two days before you were going to hunt? Dude, dude, that would just I be. Mean, and you know, you've hunted Minnesota. Yeah. We get two weeks, you know, some years yeah. we get might get an extra three or four days to bait. Our yep. bears here, especially where I'm at, are very sensitive to any sort of change yep yep. so like when i bait i always try to keep that uh like you know i try to get to this bait within at least an hour 
time frame of when I was there the last time. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If I'm not like dumping real remote baits where I might only bait once or twice a week with an ungodly amount of bait and try to stay <laughs> out of there, you know? Right, right. So, but the ones that I'm baiting every day or every other day, you know, I kind of like to keep the routine the same because, man, here, it, you know, they don't see the human activity of the the baiting like in Wisconsin. You guys get to bait over there for a long time. Yeah. What is it? April, you know, April 15th through, through the end of season. It's crazy. It's crazy. So they, they get really adjusted to, to humans there. They, you know, so it's kind of not a big deal here two weeks and man, any little, I, I, like I say, I've seen it. Mm -hmm. Somebody gets in on your bait or even just your hunter makes a bad mistake yeah. And boom, that's it, man. They're nocturnal. And if it's a big bear, a, a, you know, a wised up old boar, I always say you only get one shot yep. at them. Yep. And I'm not just saying shooting at them. I'm just saying a shot to even have a chance at getting them. Right. You make, a, you make one blunder, boom, he's, he's either nocturnal or more than likely he's on down the road, you know, because a yeah. bear that's 10, 10 years or older, you can get to be 10 by being dumb or taking risks. You know? No, no, exactly, exactly. Yeah, I mean, e- even when you bait for all season like you can in Wisconsin, um, you know, even even then the bigger, older bears, I mean, they are they can get in a really good pattern, um, but even then they still, one mistake and or something doesn't smell right or whatever, and they're gone. They're gone. Those bears are so smart. Now, the younger ones are, they'll get a pattern. They just won't care. But yeah, the bigger, older ones, good luck. It's tough. It's tough yeah. for them. Yeah. They're, they're, that's like a, a big bore, especially when you start talking 300 pound plus. Yeah. I mean, that, that's, that's a literally a whole nother animal. You yeah. Know what I mean? Yeah, you're, exactly. You're on a whole nother level <laughs> of, of woods wise with, everything is and 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 i mean it's it's crazy what i get even on even on big white tails yeah it's amazing when if you run a lot of trail cameras like i do mm-hmm. what is really out there that yeah. you would have no clue if you didn't run trail cameras big bucks and it just seems like are they everywhere and you just don't see them huge bears i mean i I live in an area that's, you know, probably not considered a good area for very big bears. I mean, there's, you know, we usually get one that stresses out at 250, 300 yeah. every year. Yeah. Um, I haven't heard of one over 400 for, for a long time. Um, mm-hmm. But, I mean, I legitimately have 600-pound-plus bears on camera at least once a year. So they're out yeah. there. Yeah. yeah. And it's. It's it's amazing what is really out there, but those animals like that, mm-hmm. they're on a whole nother level, man. They don't they don't get like that by blundering into bait sites. I mean, you know, with a deer, I mean, even some big bucks, they I even during the rut, they won't make a mistake. No, you know no, exactly. No, I mean, I've had. Let me think. I've had. I'm trying to think of how many how many bears I've had on camera that were over 400 pounds probably one two three uh maybe four probably four or five total right four 400 pound plus bears 
And I mean, they're out there every, I think for the, the majority of the base I've ever put out, I've had a monster bear on them. Right. But those bears, I'm trying to think the very first bear that was a monster. I had him come out in the daylight once, once, not during season, but once. Um, and let me think the other bear, I don't think that one ever came out in daylight. Uh, and then the bear last year that was really big. Well, there was the one in Minnesota that was just a fat, fat bear. And that bear came out and that bear was really, that bear kind of came in during daylight consistently, but his last five minutes of daylight every single night. And then when I hunted mm-hmm. it, no sign, totally gone, poof, gone. Um, and then the one last year, that one, that one came out in daylight quite a bit before season, but during season, nope, nope. Or even getting closer to season, nope, totally nocturnal. <laughs> so, I mean, there's those bigger bears. They're just so smart. It's crazy, but right. Yeah, it's one one thing I've noticed with any bear up here that's like a true giant. Yeah, is they're not really patternable. No, you know no. it might come in. You know, one it might come into a bait for an hour one day. Yeah, even if you've got a say two hundred pounds of bait down there, mm-hmm. they eat a little bit, hang around for an hour, might even lay down and take a snooze right there. Yeah, but then it ain't back for two days. Right. You know, and, right. and it comes back and, you know, it might not come back during the day. It might come back for 20 minutes, 10 minutes, you know, at two, three in the morning. And then it might come back four days later. It just seems like there's no, you can't pattern them or, mm-hmm. you know, or they're just out in their, their own world. You know what I mean? Yeah. So they're, I mean, they're, they're tough. I mean, there's, they're tough here. I mean, I, I get phone calls probably half dozen times guys, you know, looking for a hunt in March, mm-hmm. April, you know, when they, after they've applied. And it, it, the first thing they say to me is, you know, I'm looking for 400 pound plus, And I tell them, go to Michigan or go to Wisconsin um, and have a hound hunter take you <laughs> or yeah. go to Canada or go up in the extreme Northwest corner of Minnesota where they got egg. Yeah. And with corn fields, sunflower field fields and, you know, try yeah. to either get on some private land because that's all private or find an outfitter up there who's got something going on private land because that generally seems, in my experience, to be where the monsters are all shot. Kittitson yeah. County, Roseville County. Yeah. I mean, that's just sunflower seed or sunflower fields for as far as you can see. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, that's where you hear of these 700-pound Minnesota bears coming from. You know, the no quota zone in the east central part of the state, I've guided down there too, worked for a guy. There's some monsters down there, but mm-hmm. you're dealing with some pretty rugged swamp land down there, high pressure. Yeah. Because you're so close to the metro and and a lot of private land. Yeah. Yep. You you know, I get I get a lot of questions from people about the no quota zone in Minnesota. What what is it like hunting down? I mean, is it just insane, insane pressure or is it workable? I I can't say too much for the northwest part of it mm-hmm. other than I I do know an outfitter over in that area and they do they do very well. Okay. But oh, you're going to pay. I mm-hmm. mean, you know, you're 
because you're getting access to private land. I mean, I think his heart hunts start out at 2,500 bucks. Yeah. Yeah. And they shoot some nice bears, but you're, like I say, you're dealing with, uh, you get the ag land and it's private. And, and, uh, I mean, there's almost no public land up there. Very, that's more of, uh, the, uh, public that is up there is more geared towards waterfowl production areas, stuff like that, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, now the East, like around, you know, I don't want to name any areas offhand, but I'll, you know, I'll say over 90 minutes from the cities. Mm-hmm. Um, back fair. when I was there, it wasn't like, it's like nowhere near what it is now. I still have a buddy that um, hunts that area hard every year. And from the stories that he tells me and other people that have hunted with me that go there and hunt, well, I should say try to hunt there yeah, when they yeah. don't draw a tag for here, I guess it is just off the chains insane. <laughs> baits everywhere, unregistered baits, barrels, I mean, <laughs> um, early baiting, you know, I mm. guess, for, you know, just it's just to me from what these, what these guys tell me, it's like a damn horror show. I just, I, I couldn't even imagine, you know, it sounds like, honestly, from what they tell me, it sounds like there's a bait around every tree. Wow. I guess there's just a ton of illegal, just unethical hunting going on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You know, you're only 90 miles from the city. So them guys can run up to like a, I mean, you got, uh, lucky seven bear bait right there in Cambridge. So yep. you run up to bait and then no quota, you know, an hour and a half away from the cities, you pick up your bucket of bait there and you know, whatever, and go yep. bait and you're, you're home by nine, ten o'clock at night. You know? <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. It, it just sounds like a horror show. I, I couldn't even, yeah. and I mean, when we had a lot of tags here, I mean, it, there was a lot of people around, Yeah, you know, it seemed like it to me. Yeah. And then once, cause I was like, when they cut it down, I'm like, Oh my God, this, this is tough, you know, but I was right. lucky. I had a good business and now I kind of enjoy the less crowding. Yeah. But yep. you know, it's like anything else up. If you get near campgrounds and closer to towns, you're going to, you're going to run into a few people, you know, bear, yeah. bear hunting here local wise isn't very popular. There might be a handful of guys who mm-hmm. they get a tag and they, they might hunt for a week. You know, yeah. they, it's not real big. It ain't like, it ain't like Northern Wisconsin, you know, or even the UP of Michigan where, you know, the local guys are, big hunters you know yeah but even here white tail even in the up bear hunting it's not that pop you got the hound guys that are really into it but there's not many of them you know it i don't know just for whatever reason i don't i don't quite understand it but there is people just don't get in it takes a certain type of individual to be really into bear hunting like me and you are you know it's I don't know. I don't get it. Like I've got a lot of friends that, you know, I feel like could be interested in bear hunting, but they just, they're into deer hunting. They're just not bear hunters. I don't know. They just, and especially like people that, um, well, the old timers, especially around here, they, uh, 
you know, some of them will be kind of into bear hunting. Like they'll they'll wait for the first period tag they can draw every five years or something, but they don't. They're not like into bear hunting, right? It, it's a pretty there. There's a very small group of people that is really into bear hunting, like I am around here. Um, but th- there's not many, you know. I, I don't know why that is, but but in Wisconsin though, I've noticed bear hunting is huge, huge. Um, like it, it's a lot bigger there for some reason. I'm not. I don't know if it's just the because they have such a good bear population or I'm not sure what it is, but it is for some reason a lot more popular, which is odd because you can get tags in Michigan and Minnesota way, way more often than you can in Wisconsin. Well, I guess in zone C you can get a, a tag every other year or something like that. But, um, but all the, that that's a tough, that's basically no quota hunt. You know, that's like a right. quota, no quota. It's, it's like, you know, combat bear baiting down there in zone that's, C, kind of like zone. Like that. Yeah. That We're, zone must be a lot of private property too. From it is. What I gather. It is. Yeah. Yeah. And from what I've heard, there's any bit of public land has like 10 gazillion bear baits on it. So, um, that, you know, and it's really like, like Dan Infault, that's what he hunts. And it, it sounds like a zoo, you know, but, um, the, uh, but like the the northern three units in Wisconsin, there it takes. I don't know how long it takes Zone A to draw. I think it's like four years or something like that. Don't quote me on that, listeners. But um, Zone D is five years, and Zone B is like like nine. <laughs> something crazy, you know. So I don't know why Wisconsin bear hunting is so much more popular than it is in. Michigan or oh, Minnesota. Wisconsin's got real strong, just even outdoor heritage to it. I mean, I think Minnesota sells less than 30,000 bow licenses a year. Don't quote me on that. Yep. I think I'm pretty close. Whereas Wisconsin, I think it's like a hundred thousand. Yeah. That sounds about, you know, right. just hunting is just and 90% of our clients are probably from Wisconsin. Gotcha. Okay. Um, and the rest are Iowa, bear hunting seems to be really big with people from Iowa, the Dakotas, mm-hmm. um, and Southern Minnesota. A lot of those farmer guys, uh, seem to really be into bear hunting. Yeah. And then, you know, you, most, I would say most guys from Minnesota, the cities and stuff like that, that are hunters are, it's just kind of a one and done deal. You know, they want to yeah. get a bear and say yeah. they got a bear, you know what I mean? And yeah. well, I mean, don't get me wrong. I get a lot of repeat Minnesota clients every year, you know, but I, for the most part, our, our business is strong, uh, Wisconsin and, and Iowa and uh, the Dakotas. So we, we we take people from all over, but for the most part, it's, and they tell me the same thing, the Wisconsin guys, you know, it's a five year wait here. It's a eight year wait here. I remember yeah. hearing stuff about, I think in that zone where, uh, Mike Foss was that up around Bayfield and stuff where they yeah, weren't they waiting like deep. 10 years for tags up there. I mean, I, yeah, it's a I just minute. couldn't imagine, you know? Yeah. I think you got that reverse zone D is like, well, five to seven years, depending on if you do a hound or a bait year. And then zone B is like nine and 11 years or something crazy like that. It's nuts. Yeah. 
Because that's the one that's right by me. I I live I live about a mile from the Wisconsin border, and so if I wanted to hunt really close to me, I could drive my four wheeler over to Zone B um, and hunt there. Um, but it would have taken me another half decade to draw a tag, so <laughs> I didn't feel like waiting. <laughs> that's a long time. Lots can happen in that time. Yeah, no kidding, no kidding. So, but. Yeah, but you know what though? I mean, as I've been hunting Wisconsin this year, I've been baiting it. I've had four different sites at this point now. This might be controversial, but I don't. There's a lot of bears there, but it's not as many. Even like big bears, like the UP is at least seventy five percent of what Wisconsin is. You know, at least the units I've hunted over in the, hunted in over in the West UP is kind of interesting. And even Minnesota was comparable. You know, it's not like I I, I don't know. It just it, it's crazy how long it takes to draw a tag there. But the bear populations are pretty. They're not astronomically different. You know, and they're saying what I've seen isn't the bear population up you know, 20,000 plus or better. Yeah. Yeah. You know, those numbers, I think those numbers, I mean, you don't know what in Minnesota they're telling you, we only got, we got less than 10,000. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, The UP is like 12,000 or something stupid like that. Like, yeah, right. Okay. Sure. (laughs) You know, (laughs) it's, it's, it's just doesn't make sense, but I mean, I, I will say here that, it seems to me that there's a lot more bear here. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying you could say, well, you know what? That's because they cut 1,500 tags yeah. and there's less pressure. So you're getting more bears on your baits because there's not as many bait sites out in the woods. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, okay. Uh, you know, you, that, and that's the, what the Minnesota DNR has said that. And, you know, yeah. Okay. I'll, 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 I'll grant you that. Yeah. But, yeah. This is the big, but what I wasn't seeing back then is I wasn't seeing all these sows with three and four cubs. Yeah. I was seeing sows with mostly one mm-hmm. or two, or I wasn't seeing hardly any sows with cubs. Yeah. Yep. So the last five years, I'm just going to use, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of young bear out there in that hundred pound range yeah 125 and i mean i've got camera pictures with sows with five cubs wow so there is definitely some there there's some growth there i yep. mean it it that okay did that come because you cut the tags yeah I'm, I'm sure some of it some of it helped and we had we did have some mild winters up until a few years ago, and mm-hmm. food here is normally you know we don't we're not a real great area for food for packing on the pounds like certain areas of the state or Wisconsin. It yep. I mean you know there was snow on the ground here the second week of October, and they're holed up, and I mean I can't even believe they were out of the dens here until probably pushing the middle to end of May because we still had a lot of snow on the ground. I yeah, mean, it was cold. Yeah. Yeah, you know it was long, so it, it, there's not a long growing season here. No, no. So there's, I would say, you know, it helped when they cut the tags back, and you know, but I, 
you know, but even back then the harvest levels weren't real high. And I think, and I'd have to look, but I think there was less than 300 bears killed in area 31 last year. And that's a huge, we got, I'm in a huge zone. Yeah. Yeah. This is a big area. That that ain't a lot of bears. No, no, not at all. So, yeah, I don't know. Um, I was going to say here. You there still? Yeah. I, oh, 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 okay, okay. I thought I lost you for a second. Okay. Um, no, I'm here. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think of what, what each zone in the UP is. Um, we've got, I don't know, I don't want to guess the tag numbers, but, yeah, we've had tags cut here for a long time, too, and actually, they just cut them again this last year. I don't know why. It didn't make sense to me because... Um, we had we've had tags cut for a long time, and then this last year we harvested more bears than what was expected, and so because of that they cut the tags. I believe that's what happened, and it didn't make any sense to me because it was like, well, that's probably because we've had tags cut for so long, and we have more bears. Um, mm-hmm. It didn't make it didn't make sense to me, but anyway, they. I don't know. We've had tags cut here for a long time. Cause we had like, I think it was back in 2011. We had like double the tags that we have now. So, but, um, yeah, I don't know what, but it's funny because everybody, like I'll talk to people I work with and they have more bear conflicts than they've ever had before. So our bear population here is doing really, really well. So, uh, it'll be, be interesting to see what they do with tags here in the future. But, um, I know one of the reasons they cut them here, you know, they, and they, they didn't take it by a zone by zone or quota by quota area. They just took an overall statistic. Yeah. They did the same thing from the whole state that too many young sows were getting killed and they weren't getting to a breeding age. Yeah. Yep. And you know, part of the, that, when they started cutting back on the tags, the harvest really didn't go down. I mean, it, it exceeded a few times. I think last year was the first year since they've cut tags that it was like below where they wanted it to be. And they shot more males, you know? Yeah. Yep. Part of that probably is, man, the, I think there was a, um, a report that, there was certain bear hunters that every time they had gotten tags that they were, they were getting bears every time that, you know, like there was a certain hunters out there who were really good at bear hunting and that and they were highly successful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I wonder if our DNR keeps track of that. <laughs> I think just by ra- like random survey, probably, and you know, and two, there's a lot better, lot better bear bait out there. And, yeah. But is it too? Is there? You know, is and I mean, you got the bear range is expanding here yeah. in this state. I mean, there, like even in the Twin Cities, I mean, they got bears down there all the time. They're right. getting to southern Minnesota, southwestern Minnesota. They're spreading to the west. So to me, that would seem like they're running, you know, the, the habitat of where they are, their carrying capacity is met and they're spreading out to find their own areas. That, that, that's what it would seem like to me, but I'm not a biologist. Right. Right. 
Yeah. I forgot what I was going to say there. The, um, yeah, it's funny because if they're expanding through, because I thought the whole point of the no quota zone was that it was almost to prohibit bears from expanding down into southern Wisconsin in a way. You know, that's why you've got unlimited tags there. But even despite that, they're expanding, which is kind of funny. Right. <laughs> right. And I think that the the agriculture is probably playing in a little part to that, too. I mean, it sounds like um, they're bear hunting right down by La Crosse, Wisconsin now, I believe, or even oh, down, wow. doesn't Zone C go down into there? Yeah, I, those, mean, I forget where how far it goes down, but it's quite a ways. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, I, I know my brother lives over, um, north of the cities, um, but over by Hudson, Wisconsin, I mean, you're, you're literally talking just, a, that's a Metro man. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Even though it's in Wisconsin, a lot of people commute to downtown Minneapolis. I mean, they bear hunt right over there across the river. And I mean, I <laughs> think crazy. they've, I remember one of the largest bears I had heard for, heard about in a long time was shot right over there. Yeah, you know? so no, I it, believe it. Well, I mean, down there they've unlimited food. You know, I mean, right. We talked about like like in the UP. I'm like, oh, you know, go find a good go grove of acorn trees because that'll be where you find the bears and stuff. And down there, I mean, it's like all oak trees in the fall, and they've got corn, and they've got. I mean, it's like unlimited food for them. So, right. I mean, they can, they do nothing but grow down there and plus mm-hmm. the winters are mild too, so they can eat longer. Yep. So yep. there's that too, but Hey, yeah. as long, as long as an animal's got food, water and cover, he's going to eke out an existence somewhere. Yeah, you know? exactly. I've heard, you know, don't quote me on this, but I've heard that, um, like in North Carolina where they shoot those monster, monster black bears, um, you know, like the, the big boars, they don't even really hibernate. They don't need to. There's food from the time they, you know, from the time they would normally go to the den to the time they would wake up, you know, so mm-hmm. they don't even need to den up. So, but yeah, they get, have you ever seen pictures of those things? Those, uh, oh yeah. I mean, it sounds like the Carolinas and Pennsylvania that yeah, the bears are just monsters out there. I know. Yeah. Pennsylvania, I don't believe they can bait and they can't no. run hounds. I, from what I've heard, of, they do like drives for them. Yeah, no, I, you know, I want to talk to somebody from there because it, it's interesting. But so, what had happened in Pennsylvania was that they actually, like, I don't know if it's PETA or whoever it was, HSUS or something, but they went and they pushed to ban bait because they used to be able to do at least bait there. I don't know if they could do hounds, but they used to be able to at least bait bears there. And then they. They did a whole – the anti-hunters pushed a campaign and got all that banned permanently. So they can't do hounds or bait there. And so, yeah, they basically do bear drives through the corn and stuff. And there was a bear that was shot there that uh, – well, the the largest ever hunter-taken black bear by skull size was killed there. Um, mm. I forget how big it was, but it, it's a monster. And every year they shoot just – monster monster bear and it's because they don't have effective hunting means you know for the area i don't know if you've ever been through pennsylvania but it uh it's definitely a state that would could use at least baiting you know you can't spot and stalk there for the most part from what i gather so new jersey is another state yeah huge bears yeah but you can kind of you can you 
you can sort of bait there though. Yeah. I don't know what the actual regulations are, but you can sort of bait there, I think. Which is funny. Yeah, they, they have some really weird regulations there that <laughs> I I know one year there was like they opened the season and there was a lot of bear shots and then the governor started freaking out and yeah. shut it down or it's, I don't, it's like an ongoing saga there. Yeah. I get you know, some of these email alerts and stuff. It's just, <laughs> I feel bad. Any politicians feel... get involved in any sort of wildlife management and no, they dictate no. it all on emotion and fear mongering. You're in for trouble. I know. I know. It's bad. It's bad. Yeah. I didn't even know. I was going to mention Florida too. Florida had a bear hunt and they canceled it too. It's, I feel bad for those guys. You know, it's like, yeah, well, I think it lasted uh, like a weekend down there and yeah, they got they had, a bunch of bears and that was it. They had a quota. They filled in like a day and then it's done. It's like, yep. you fill a bear quota in a day. You should probably keep the season going. Right. <laughs> you couldn't bait or use hounds there either. No, no. I mean, this is like people shooting them in their backyards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you're doing that, I, I, you know, I, I see bears here occasionally when I'm like out, out grouse hunting, and or you know, like uh, I've seen them before out baiting. Like you're walking into bait, or you're walking out, and you, 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 one's coming through the woods or whatever, walking down your baiting trail or something, and yeah, or when you're out scouting. But man, I'll tell you, very very few times where like if you would have been able to get a shot you know what i mean yeah exactly if you didn't have baiting here i mean it would just you you need it here the woods are so thick and yeah you know once you get into an area where the bears are you can't even see five feet in front of you yep yep the only way that you could get away with not baiting in the up is if you or hounds i should say is if they like clear cut the whole up and then you could like you know get a little bit higher than everything else and spot and stock but you'd have to cut all down down all the trees (laughs) there there was some bears being shot up here when we had the fires go through and the blueberries came oh yeah but that that only lasted for so long yeah and then yeah now it's all grown up right right that's fair Yeah. Yeah. You know, I see, I'm trying to think of, you know, I'll see, cause I got an hour commute to work. So I'll see bears. Um, there's this one area that I usually see them in for some reason. Um, I should put out a bear bait there actually. Hmm. I might do that. But any, anyway, the, um, there's, there's a certain area that I see bears quite frequently, but, um, yeah, for the most part, you don't see them. I, it's very rare that you just see them around and yeah, you wouldn't get a shot on them. Very, I, I don't right. know if I, I don't know if I've ever been like walking through the woods and seen a bear. I don't think that's a thing other than bear baiting. You know, if I was bear baiting and I yeah. was drawing an unnatural number amount of bears to a certain area, I've seen like two or three bears doing that, you know, on the trail or something, but that's it. So, Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, they're a very, very secretive animal. It, very and, much. You know, they're really not. They're not going to be active until they need to start packing on the pounds, too. You know what I mean? Right. So your chances uh, are are. I just couldn't imagine trying to shoot one here without no. baiting. It would be nearly impossible. And I, you know, I do radio interviews. 
and and stuff and you know that they always ask and let's clear the elephant in the room bear baiting you know tell us about bear baiting <laughs> and i say well for one thing here you wouldn't have no harvest mm-hmm. it'd be slim to none yeah if you didn't have baiting and two i mean you can get you get the bear in close yeah if you want to harvest a mature bear you can see if it's mature. You can see if you have a sow with cubs. So you can be selective. Yeah. You get a chance, you know, to see what you're going to shoot at a bait site and whether you want to let it walk because it's too small. Yeah. Or it's a sow with cubs. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, there's nothing unethical about it. No. At all. No. To me, no. there's no, di- there's no difference in shooting a bear over a bait site than shooting a trophy whitetail over a, two acre food plot, a kill plot in the middle of the woods. There's yeah. absolutely Zero nothing difference. different. And I'll argue that all day. Yeah. Yeah. Different. For sure. The only difference is, is one, you had to use a tractor to put the food out there. Right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's the only difference. No, I totally, totally agree. Yeah. It, it, it's funny. You'll hear, you'll hear people even against like deer baiting, right? They'll, they'll be like, like, oh, you shouldn't bait deer, but they're hunting food plots or ag land down in, you know, someplace where you can't bait deer. And it's like, well, <laughs> okay, hold on, hold on. Just a second here. Just a second here. <laughs> it's just all in the kettle black. <laughs> yep, exactly. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> and I, I don't have a problem with that at all. So, no. I mean, just to, to clear the air there. I mean, Yeah. I, no, I no, I'm all about people using food plots. It's just don't. Don't be mad that I'm bear baiting if you're hunting a food plant. Right. <laughs> and so, yep. I was just thinking, I wonder, could you imagine the bears that would show up on camera if you had a bear bait in Florida? Well, I, I mean, I couldn't even imagine in some of these areas that <laughs> you, you can't eat that. With yeah. all these bears, it would be insane. I, oh, I just, I, I guess I couldn't even imagine. That'd be awesome. Like, could you imagine? I mean, bears that have never been hunted, that have never seen a bait site before, that have never really been hunted before, except for once, sent out a bear bait? That'd be awesome. <laughs> yeah, it would be it would be really cool to see the reaction and how they reacted to a bait site and a hunter at a bait site, what how they would be, you know. They'd what, pro- they'd probably be like, you know, you know, you watch the videos of like far northern Canada where there's no road access or whatever and they're setting up bear baits out there. It'd probably be a lot like that, except for these bears aren't living in the boreal forest where there's not as much food. They're living in a place where there's food like twenty four seven, so They'd right. be monsters, is my guess. Yeah, I think I, I think a lot of the, the the Canadian the Canadian hunts and with plastering it on the Outdoor Channel and YouTube and stuff is really. If I was to say there was any negative to that, it's really made bear hunting seem like it's shooting fish in a barrel. Yeah, yeah, and it's not. And I noticed that with clients. Just yeah, just because you're baiting is. It ain't a slam dunk. And I tell them that too, when I do these radio interviews, it's like, you know, we have some baits that are literally like five miles from my house. Yeah. And that bear could be in town eating out of my backyard. I don't live in town, but that bear could be at my house eating out of my bear bait buckets Mm -hmm. at nine, 10 o'clock in the morning. and could be back to one of those bait sites realistically and to say that 
for example, if one did, that's a totally different animal when yeah. he gets away from that, the human interaction at, that, uh, it's almost like they know, you know? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and we, we have those bait sites close to town in order be, to keep, we don't have hardly any problems with bears in town, nuisance bears. Gotcha. You think it's because you're baiting in bait near town? It's absolutely because we're it's because nice. we're baiting. That's awesome. R- right around town, they have no need <clears throat> no need to come into town and and go in dumpsters. I mean, very. We might hear. I think a couple of years ago there was a real small one that's mom got hit on the highway that was running uh, around in town. Okay. You know? But for the most part, no. And there's another outfitter in town. And he does the exact same thing. And, and that, and he told me that a long time ago, he said that keep those bait sites over there by your house that are not <laughs> too far out of town, because mm-hmm. that, that'll keep the nuisance bears from coming into town and then getting killed and wasted. You know, there's no yeah. relocation yeah. here anymore. They just, they just shoot them. You know? Yeah. Right. Right. Exactly. <clears throat> yep. That's pretty cool. You know, that's something I've, I kind of changed my opinion on a little bit this year was um, when I went and my buddy who set me up on my, on the spots, right. Um, and was on his old spots in Wisconsin. Um, they're a little closer to civilization than I thought they weren't in like the big, big woods, you know? And it kind of made me think, Hey, you know, maybe I should rethink cause I'm always going out trying to get as remote as possible as I can. And, uh, I don't know. I'm kind of next year when I hunt Michigan again, I might try to find some spots that are a little closer to town to see if I can pull bears that are more humanized, especially, you know, I'm, I'm kind of curious to see how that works out. But, um, cause they've had, they've had, he's had some pretty big bears that hang out close to town. Cause they're, he's like, well, they're out there feeding on the bird feeders all year and they're, you know, feeding on people's garbage and, you know, you pull them away and, and they're, you know, they're, they've had good food all year and they get big cause they're kind of safe from everybody. So right. like, yeah, that's an interesting uh, well, thought. <laughs> our, our biggest one that we've killed was in a 200 acre patch of public land that was basically landlocked except for a little sliver of land that came up to the road where we could get back in. Okay. Like, when the guy was in there hunting, he could hear dogs barking, chainsaws, the whole nine yards. Yeah. But yep. that bear eked out a living, going house to house. People leave cat food out, dog food, bird feeders. Yep. There was a cattle farm nearby. Um, and then we shot one that dressed out at just over 400 about four or five years ago. And that bear was shot. I would say maybe four miles from a highly developed major like lake where, you know, it's just totally developed. Yeah. Yeah. And that bear, when we scun it out was just plumb full of bird shot, <laughs> healed bird shot way down in the fat stuff that was recent. That was like just under the skin, Oh, you know, man. no camera pictures of him at all. Just boom. He showed up and the guy zinged it you know wow that's awesome that's awesome <laughs> so i mean i i tell guys all the time they come and they they want to hunt i i got i want an atv get me as remote as possible and i try to tell them I mean, for them you know generally that 
that doesn't mean anything. Yeah. You know, it's, yep. it's all about the spot on the spot. Mm-hmm. And can they get around if the, if they got water and if they can get around with good cover, they're going to be there. I mean, we, I hunt a lot, put guys in off a lot of spots where they're literally 50 yards off a major blacktop road. Yep. Where, I mean, if you can find a road that's blacktop, gravel can be a whole nother story mm-hmm. if it's not traveled a lot. If it's traveled a lot, it can kind of apply. But if it's blacktop, more the better. If it runs north or south and you have good swamp on and, and uh, swampy area with, with spots that you can walk in and get on some high ground and get a stand in and get a bait, mm-hmm. um, and it run the road runs north or south, get it on the west side of the road yep. because generally speaking, ninety five percent of the time your winds here are gonna come out of the west or the southwest. Yep. And they're just na- and bears are used to that that highway noise, that blacktop noise doesn't doesn't bother them at all. Right. The only thing that bothers is the hunter, he normally don't want to go in there because he just he can't believe it's gonna work. I mean I had spots um, and I still do like, if you knew where to look, if you slowed down enough and knew where to look and had a good eye, you could pick the guy out in the tree. <laughs> yep. Yep. And That's I cool. learned that from a guy who was probably, I'm not going to name his name, but was probably he's retired bear guide. Now mm-hmm. he ran like 200 miles of bear baits like that in central Minnesota up and around Winnebagosh leech Lake area. Uh-huh got on a major highway system that ran north and south and every bait was on the west side of that major road system. And that guy, they killed bears and they killed big bears. <laughs> That's awesome. And that was, that was just his whole key is that it was spot on the spot. I mean, to me, I'm, you know, if I'm not going to drive by a good spot, I mean, some of the good best spots I've found like that, Mm-hmm. were like roadkill bears yeah well okay well why the hell is this bear here in this low spot why is he crossing here right and you get to poking around and it's like boom the game trail if you know where to look pops right out usually right. it's going to be on the higher side of of the swamp on some drier ground as soon as it crests up high mm-hmm. a little bit boom there's a game trail right there so they don't have to go through the water yeah, yeah. and it just was like you know one of them things where, it, I mean, it, I put it together and I was like, you know, I don't all my, all my baits aren't like that, but you know, a, a lot of them are like that, man. I'll, I get, there's a few major road systems here that run North and South and you better believe I got bear baits on every swampy part of them. You know? <laughs> yeah. That's cool. You know, even yesterday I was driving back from baiting Minnesota and I, I saw, or not Minnesota, it was Wisconsin. And, uh, I'm driving back and I saw this spot and normally I wouldn't think of putting a bait off a main road, but I was on a major highway and I saw this spot. I'm like, maybe next year I'll put a bait out there, <laughs> you know, just, you know, I used to not think that, Oh no, you want to get away from the highway. But I saw this spot and it was actually some high ground all surrounded by swamp and there were some oak trees popping out. I was like, Hey, that might be a good spot. I was walking right yeah, off guaranteed, here. <laughs> guaranteed you'd shoot a bear out of there. I mean, yeah. I've never, ever had any problems with having bears come in and shooting bears like that. Yeah. Now, if it's a gravel road, 
it can mm-hmm. be a little different because they're not as traveled as much. And, yep. you know, it, and it's, it's louder and you get people walking their dogs and stuff like that. Yep. You know, logging roads, like, unless they're really remote, I don't usually set 50 yards off a, no. a logging road. You know what I mean? No. I get, I like to get down into the swampy area and stuff. If yeah. I got a spot where I can only get in by ATV or something, like it's a real narrow little, like we have these sled dog trails or sometimes like after an area has been logged off the main logging road, there might be an old skid road. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. the alders grow up in the, in the tracks from the skidder and the machines going through. So there's like this canopy where if you keep it cleared, you can get like an ATV through there Yeah, and I'll yeah. drive an ATV through in there and, and find a spot where I can get a tree stand up and I'll plop a bait right down there in the middle of the ATV trail and I could turn around and, and come out, you know? Right. Right. Exactly. No, that's awesome. That's but awesome. The, it's the, the, the blacktop definitely works a lot better than, than the gravel. Yeah. I mean, yeah even if it has a lot of traffic it's still right you know i'd rather i like to do it on the blacktop right yeah you know and and the thing here too is that um in michigan and wisconsin that you know if you're on a gravel road and you set a bear bait 50 yards off the road you know good chances that it's gonna get rigged by hounds (laughs) you know that's kind of how it is so sure but most one thing, that's one thing you don't have in Minnesota, which here. is interesting. But. Yeah, and it's probably the same there. Most of the bear baiting in Minnesota probably takes place 50 yards off the of logging roads and oh, forest sure. roads. And, I'm sure. And stuff like that, you know. Um, and you can use, like, the the whole idea of the of the road baits, the blacktop road baits is, it's, and it's, if you put them on the west, you get, like I said, most of your wind is going to come out of the West. Yeah. Yep. So, and you can, you can do that with a clear cut or a pond or a lake or anything at your back using as a blocker. You know what I mean? The main thing is, is most of my bait sets sites are set up for a westerly wind, which is normally Southwest or straight out of the West. You know, I have, I do have a few stands for east winds. We don't get a lot of east winds up here. You know, usually that comes in with a with a cold front. So, yeah. but I mean, it, we do. So I have some. You know, and sometimes you, you know, those bigger bears. They're not very rarely, unless it's a low food year, are gonna blunder into a stand where you where you don't play the wind, but yeah. I'm dealing with people. They, they want to hunt no matter what, you know what I mean? Right. When you're waiting three, four years for a tag and <laughs> you tell somebody they, the, the wind is wrong for that stand, they look at you <laughs> like, now you're, you, you're taking me hunting, you know? <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Sorry. I know it's opening day after four years of waiting for a bear bait, but uh, yeah, yeah, just, just take yeah. the day off. One more day. <laughs> one more day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's tough. very few guys who will, if you tell them, Hey, you know, they always come with a, they want to shoot a big one, you know, and that, and you know, they might say, Oh, you tell them, Hey, I don't think we could hunt tonight. The wind's going to be wrong or, you know what I mean? It's going to calm down, but it's going to, when we get in there, it's going to be blowing over that way for two, three hours. And it's totally pointless. The bear is going to know you're there. Yeah. They might, some guys will go for that one night 
and they're big bear hunters for about two nights. And then after that, they're meat bear hunters. You know what I mean? Just get me a bear. You know, that's it. That's very rarely does that last more than two, three days. You know what? I don't blame them one bit either. <laughs> I've turned to a meat a bear lot of, hunter a lot quite a few times. Are, <laughs> yeah, it, a lot of guys are perplexed that they they don't shoot one the first night, you know, because yeah. they have bait and bears and you're a guide and uh, yeah, t- trust me, buddy. I sat fourteen nights before I shot one one time. So yeah, it ain't oh, yeah. Uh, it ain't shooting fish in a barrel. No, and you know, going back to the point of, I mean, like you watch the stuff on YouTube where there there's guys hunting in remote Canada or where and it's just like a parade of bears. It's like that is not typical. I mean, most the problem is bear hunting's not not common enough to where most guys recognize that, right? Like most guys can recognize when they go and they watch like, I don't know, outdoor channel or, or sportsman channel or something. And they're watching somebody on a private farm in Iowa where it's managed and it's private. And nobody else hunts it. Right. And they're just seeing all these 130 class bucks running around and then, Oh yeah, no, that one's too small. That one's too small. Right. You know, that's Every, most people can recognize because of the popular deer hunting, like, yeah, that's not usual, <laughs> you know. For me, if I shot saw 130-inch deer, that's dead for sure. And I'd be bragging for weeks, for years about that <laughs> buck, <laughs> you know. Remember that year I shot 130-inch deer, <laughs> you know. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, most people can recognize that. But with bear hunting, it's not... I don't know. I I think that most people that are traveling to bear hunt, especially, just don't recognize that that's not the case. I mean, unless you're hunting the cremo of the crop, unique bear hunt that's going to cost you a ton of money, by the way, up in far northern Canada um, or trying to think of anywhere else where that is that case. Alaska. I I don't know anywhere outside of the provinces that it's like that. No. I tell guys too. I mean, I'm only 45 minutes for camp from Canada. Yeah. And those outfitters up there, they lease from the crown, like a 500 square mile area Yeah, that they're the only outfitter in that area. Yep. Yep. Exactly. That's how it That's works. That's all theirs, man. Yep. Yeah. I'm they're the only outfitter. can hunt there, but no other outfitter can move into that area. Like that guy pays that. That's yep. his area, man. Yep. It's, that's it. Exactly. I mean, so you, you, you legitimately have bears there that yep. probably haven't seen people for sure. Haven't seen bait sites no. here. I mean, I'm going to go out on a limb and say, there's probably not a bear here that has not seen a bait site. Right. Outside of maybe the boundary waters, you know, right. But right. For the most part, any bear along any road system, whether that's logging roads, forest roads, uh, tar roads, they've seen bait sites. They, right. you know what I mean? Yep. Yep. Exactly. No, totally agree. <sighs> well, um, I told my wife I wouldn't keep this one too long, but I got to give my <laughs> forecast. <laughs> By the way, for the yeah, list, like, for the listener, hear how it's going in Wisconsin. Yeah, yeah. By the way, for the record, you have the unbroken record for the longest podcast I've made. You're 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 incredible. <laughs> I, I think our podcast that we did the first time was like three and a half hours, and there was like no like awkward moments of like, eh, well, what are we going to talk about now? 
<laughs> so it was awesome. But um, a couple talking about hunting and yeah, on for oh yeah, even like guys who call me, you know they they want to they they want to sit and chit chat and know everything about bear hunting and yeah past past years and stuff like that. Yeah, yep. I don't like to share. I like I get guys they call and they're like, so what are you using for bait? <laughs> well you'll find out when you get here you know? right exactly exactly well here here's what you do is you use this bait and you go out to this spot exactly and oh, okay well yeah. i guess i don't need you anymore <laughs> yeah. No. yeah or you come hunt with me two times or one time and then all of a sudden you show up in my area and you're baiting literally a hundred yards from where you hunted four years ago you know? <laughs> that's starting to become a problem yeah oh i bet i bet so, yeah. <laughs> uh, um, well, okay. So I want to, I want to touch on two things really quick. First off, um, for Minnesota listeners to this podcast, which I know there's quite a few of you actually, um, there is a new regulation change that you might not know of. Um, you are now allowed to use barrels if you're a Minnesota resident. That's, that's correct. Are you, are you up on those regs, Jimmy? Yeah, so that was proposed this winter at the legislature. Okay. And I'm a member of the Bear Guides Association, and mm-hmm. we they gave us a survey, and at first I was for it. You know, there's pluses and minuses, and yeah. then I changed my mind. I, I was against it. Mm-hmm. You could always use barrels on private land here, and we used to could use barrels on public land. I mean, I was bear hunting back then, and the reason they got rid of them was obviously they were getting left behind, blah, 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 you know, like everything else. Yeah. So they got rid of them, and we were using them on private land. So, I mean, I have a lot of experience with barrels, and uh, it just kind of came about here within the last couple weeks. They announced that they were going to be legal on public land. Now... I know for sure they're legal on state land, whether they're legal on county or fed land. I'm not a hundred percent sure, but usually county and fed land kind of follow state regs. So don't quote me and don't take this at my word, but I look up the regs people. (laughs) Yes. I'm assuming that it's going to be legal, but you want to definitely make sure. Now I'm going to use some barrels. Mm-hmm. And I did go, I bought my bear license just two days ago. And I, cause you have to pay five bucks per barrel yep. on public land, private is free. So I asked if they had any, um, licenses for the bear barrels. And the guy said, no, they're, they're not out yet. So okay. I'm assuming they'll be coming out before baiting or with the way the ELS system, who knows that <laughs> they might come out a week before hunting for God's sake. So who knows? But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, the barrel has to have your, you know, the information that you would have on your sign has, has to be on the barrel also. So you have to still have your sign and you have to have that info on the barrel. And also when you register your bait site, you just can't use the section township and range the barrel has to have a GPS location. Gotcha. And that I would assume will be, if you leave your barrel behind with there, that's going to be easier to prove it was yours. I have my own theories on that. (laughs) 
but uh, <laughs> it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out because it is a game changer. If you're yeah. a guide, you know, that I'm, you know, with residents, you know, when I, when I, I talked to you about it, you know, we texted back yeah. and forth, yeah. you know, I, I kind of doom and gloomed it. And the one good thing where I'm at is I'm a ways away mm-hmm. now with using the barrel. I mean, you, in, it's just now you, you don't, you can have three bait sites in Minnesota, yeah. but you can have an unlimited number of barrels at that bait site as long as you pay five bucks. Right. So you start putting two, <clears> three <throat> barrels at a bait site, a lot of bait, you might only need to make one trip up at a bait site. Mm-hmm. You don't need no guide, you know? So right. Right. it, uh, but still there's tricks on how to use barrels and stuff the correct way. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh. So, yeah. I definitely we'll see, see how it plays out. Yeah. You know, I see where you're coming from for sure. Um, I, my, my guess, and I, I could be very wrong on this, but my guess is that the majority of hunters are either going to be a too lazy to put a barrel out, or b, um, they're not going to know how to use it correctly in terms of how much bait to put out or whatever. And I don't know. I don't know how much of an effect it's actually going to have. I think for certain people that are already successful consistently, I think they're going to be extra successful. And I think that maybe a few more people might be more successful, but I don't know. I, I, I'm not convinced it's going to be huge. I don't know if you're going to see a huge swing in the, hunter success rate you know what i mean i just don't know right i just don't think Uh, it'll be it'll be interesting to see i thought you know only residents minnesota residents can use them so non-residents can't use them yeah and you know it'll be i kind of was dumbfounded when they put it out there because if they're trying to make bear hunting a little more difficult and keep the harvest down or whatever why they would go to that because if you yeah. know how to use barrels right yeah it it it's definitely oh yeah there's a there's a huge upside to it especially oh, yeah. in my case for what i could what i could do with them but yeah definitely. you know i like i was out i ran through just looking at probably 10 15 bait sites today and even to get a barrel into some of them and then have to fill it up mm-hmm. you're talking multiple trips Yep. And then you got to get it out of there. It's just another <laughs> thing to get out of there and then to store it. So on my end, you know, I'm going to use a few. I've got a few places where, you know, on the fed land, they're really cracking down on limbing and cutting of anything, man. Yeah. Uh, so I do have a few spots that, you know, where my logs are starting to get rotten and stuff or my hollow logs have split open. So I'm, I'm going to try probably, three or four barrels and mm-hmm. on public and, and see how it goes, you know, but yeah, yeah it, like I said, if you, if you don't know how to use barrels, you can go through a lot of expensive bait real quick, <laughs> especially if you get more than one bear on a bait site, man, don't get me wrong. I've had bears on camera for 24 hours plus at a bear barrel with a four inch hole in it getting all that bait out of there yeah yeah and then what then the next six days you got nothing there yeah yeah. you know and i mean you 
I'd hate to have some be someone who put out a hundred dollar barrel of chewy granola or trail mix and have that thing eaten in one or two nights. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's gone. That's it, man. Yeah. So if you don't know what you're doing, on top of the five bucks for your barrel. Yeah, you can go through hundreds of dollars of bait real quick. Yeah, no kidding. So, yeah, it basically won't be much of an advantage. The, the secrets to the bear barrels and how to use them and what to use the, that that they'll have to figure out on their own. <laughs> Fair enough. I'm not going to give that away. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. So in Michigan, don't don't you guys can use barrels? Can't yeah, you? But you know, I swear, I swear, I swear, I swear, DNRs just like copy each other's regs every year. <laughs> like we just like forget Wisconsin; they're going to do their own thing. Michigan and Minnesota, they just like, what are you doing this year? Okay, yeah, we'll do the same. You're cutting tags. Oh, I'll cut tags too. You're putting out barrels. <laughs> oh, I'll put. I'll, I'll 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 yeah. Everybody can put out barrels. Yeah, no, this year. So in Michigan, you can do. On just state land, just state land, um, you can put out bait barrels, um, and they have to be a hundred yards off the, no further than a hundred yards off the road. Um, which I've got some opinions on that. That's a little ridiculous, but anyway, it, um, you they have to have only one inch holes. And I think that's, and I think they have to be chained to a tree or something. That's about it though. But other than that, that's the reg. So it's, it's definitely a step in the right direction. If you want to use barrels, Uh, there's a few, like the hundred yards off the road reg is a little ridiculous in my mind. Um, I think that was written. Well, I think it was written by that rule was proposed by (laughs) by certain people that would be advantageous to and not others. So I'm sure it's more easier for enforcement to yes. check barrels that Correct. way. What I, what I would assume would, you know, they don't Correct. have to spend a bunch of time looking for them way out in the middle of nowhere. Correct. Yep. Yep. For sure. So, um, but yeah, so we can use barrels now too, which is kind of cool, but and, of course, unlimited quantities in Michigan is always, except for uh, grains. You can only use two ga- gallons of grains. But, um, yeah, other than that, unlimited quantities. So, but, yeah. Um, last thing I want to talk about was uh, uh, my forecast for the season. So, you know, I live in the UP of Michigan, and I have a tag for Zone D in Wisconsin this year. So I've been going there quite frequently. So here's what I'm seeing. Um I'll run down Michigan first. In Michigan, um, I am – the berry crop is weak. Uh, it's pretty weak. I just – I went out blueberry – because I do a lot of foraging too on the side. Like I love picking berries and making my own jam. And so I, I'm pretty on the up and up about berries. And uh, it, it's patchy. Some areas are good. Some areas are bad. But for the most part, the berries are pretty weak this year. Blueberries are small and early. Everything's early too. That's the thing. Um, blueberries are early. Raspberries are early. Um, and they're small. It's It was so dry early in their season, um, early in the summer. I mean, we didn't really have good rain until a week or two ago. And so, Same yeah, it, it's been weak. It's been really weak. So I went out and picked raspberries right before we started this podcast. And uh, um, they're they're small. And they're already ripe, too. So they're they're going to be done early, 
which is weird. Normally I'm picking raspberries like August 10th or something like that. This year I've already picked them. So, um, so it's early here. Um, acorns seem patchy. Um, not, I've looked at oak trees and have had none and I've had looked at some that have had some, but I don't know if it's going to be a great acorn year. Um, the only, the only thing I'm seeing, um, in Michigan that's like really good is cherries and hazelnuts. So choke cherries, there's going to be a bumper crop of, I was just out, um, when I was picking raspberries, there's a lot of choke cherries nearby them. And those, those choke cherry trees are loaded with choke cherries. And same with black cherries are pretty strong too. And especially in a lot of certain areas, there's uh there's really good black cherries this year. And then the hazelnuts are, they're pretty, I don't know if it's a bumper crop, but there's a pretty consistent crop of hazelnuts around here. So there is some, um, so that's, that's kind of the Michigan forecast. So I think that, um, it's, you'll probably have a pretty good year if you're hunting the UP of Michigan. Um, there's not a ton of natural food. The choke cherries will be around, but they'll be done by the time hunters are actually hunting. So um, I think they'll be the bears are going to be pretty responsive to baits this year. And same with so in Wisconsin though, at least in Zone D, from what I've seen though, um, everything's patchy, but they have a lot better. Uh, they seem to have a lot better natural food crop there. So they have a bumper crop of hazelnuts. All the hazelnut mm-hmm. bushes I've seen, they're loaded with hazelnuts. So there's that. Um, raspberries are a little stronger, still not great. Blueberries aren't great. Acorns are a little better there. Um, depends on the tree, of course. And I haven't seen the black cherries are really good there too. So, you know, I don't know if it's it's going to be kind of a mediocre year, I guess, for food. But yeah. Yeah, it's so that that's kind of my for I think I think everybody's gonna do decent this year. It's there is no like bumper crops like oh man you're not gonna pull the bears off the the, the natural foods or anything. That's not a thing this year, right? But um, it it should be a decent year. You know, there's not the 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 dryness has definitely helped with the the berries at least. So in terms of bear baiting, so. It's terrible for my jam making, but <laughs> <laughs> and there's still a long way to go. I mean, yeah, we yep. still got you know six weeks before you can hunt, five weeks before you can hunt. So a lot, yeah. lot can happen. You can get for a sure. lot of rain and flood everything out and turn it moldy, or you know, you could go through another dry spell and that stuff can dry up real quick. You yep, know, for sure, for sure. So, so yeah, should be a pretty pretty interesting year, but. Yeah, it's looking good though. Um, it should be a fun year. So I'm just, I'm really getting ramped up now with my baiting. Anyway, I've got, uh, yeah, I I started so I'm doing three times a week right now, going over to Wisconsin. It's a two hour drive for me, so I'm going over there three times a week right now, and then towards the end of August, I'm up to four times a week baiting. So should be. It's going to be, it's starting to kick into gear now. So I'm I'm having fun. Sure. <laughs> so how much? How how much bait can you, are you using hollow logs over there in Wisconsin? Because it's a ten gallon limit. It's uh, a ten gallon limit, but I'm I'm there's one site that has a hollow log at it. The rest of them are just covering it with logs. So okay, yeah. so that's legal there. Yes, that's okay. legal. So yep, yeah, that's cool. 
you just see the I just see the photos of all the hollow logs everywhere that everybody uses it. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's just a cultural thing there. I don't know. Just every for whatever reason, people in Wisconsin love the hollow logs. I don't know why it is, but they do. <laughs> I started using like three, four years ago, and yeah. I, I like using too simply because they keep the bait dry and yeah it, we don't have a lot of raccoons in that mm-hmm. year but it i like putting that cookie on top with a rock and yeah and it's quicker to have any coons in there it, it's nice yeah it is nice the trick is finding a big enough log to hold all your bait but yeah it's it's right that's the thing yeah, yeah. it's slick though and then you got to get it out there but once it's, out, once it's out there it's out there so yeah yeah, no, I there's use, uh, definitely some advantages to it. <laughs> I use kind of, I use some, I call them bear boxes. I build <clears throat> wood boxes with a cover on them. Okay. They're heavy. You got to make them, uh, I suppose I make them like 30, 30 or so inches long and about 16 inches wide out of like, uh, you know, a two by 10 or two by 12, and then just put a plywood lid over them. And they hold about 10, 15 gallons of bait if you wanted to put that much in them. Mm-hmm. And they got no, there's no bottom in them or anything. So they kind of work the same as a, as a hollow log. I do okay. use a few of them. The guy that uh, I learned to uh, bear bait from, he was, he used those exclusively. He, cause he, where that was, there was a lot of coons, fisher and always mm-hmm. getting stuff in skunks. All that stuff was yeah. getting into the into the baits back then so that i mean i run a few of them and kind of the same purpose but it's like getting the stumps out there you gotta yeah you yep. gotta haul them back in there <laughs> yep exactly exactly <laughs> uh, fun stuff one thing about bear hunting man it's mm-hmm. work it's it is horrible work it <laughs> is it is there's you know it, every anytime i see somebody saying well, you just put out a pile of donuts and shoot a bear. What's the challenge in that? It's like, sometimes I'm like, man, I wish I lived somewhere where I could actually spawn stalk a bear. Like, could you imagine how nice that'd be? You go and you just throw yeah. on your pack, grab your binos and go walk for a couple miles and start glassing up bears. Doesn't that sound nice? Yeah. I mean, rather than like the deer fly here, they're the worst I've ever seen them. Oh, I know. The deer flies so are horrible. The mosquitoes are horrible. Oh, I know. It's hot. It's humid. <laughs> it's bug central. I know. And I mean, I'm I'm six feet, two thirty five ish, two forty. In the course of a month and a half of bear season, I'll drop twenty twenty five pounds. Oh, no yeah, problem. I bet. I bet. I, bet. Well, I mean, my... if go ahead. you want to lose weight or or go through a hard, you don't need to do any burpees. <laughs> come carry a couple of buckets of bait and fryer oil through and crawl over and through the brush you know yep exactly yep my typical bait runs about a four mile hike every every day <laughs> and so and that's and you know half of that is with a you know at least 50 pounds of bait on my back <laughs> and then you got to get the bear out of there if you get one. Oh yeah exactly <laughs> exactly got people the people like hunters they sometimes it's like when they talk about this remote stuff and why aren't you walking a mile back in, in a lot of these places, it's like, mm-hmm. dude, yeah. you shoot a bear back here. You still got to get it out of here. Exactly. And yep. it ain't going to drop dead at the, at the bait site. It's no. going to run into the thickest, nastiest shit it can possibly get in. Right. You know? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yep. For sure. <laughs> 
Oh, man. That's funny. <laughs> uh, anyway. Well, why don't we wrap this up, bud? But uh, thanks for coming on. This has been fun. So, and so really appreciate you coming on. Um, yeah. Anyway. Um, all right. Thanks, guys, for tuning in. See ya.